time, 6.18. The place, Bank and Gladstone. The podcast, Auto What. This is episode 93. My name's Keegan On. I'm sitting here with a healthy Rob Attrell and a not-so-much Amon Bashir. Well, healthy-ish. Yeah. I'm health- Rob healthy-ish. <laughs> Amon very not healthy-ish. We're all just ish. And our guest today is... Uh, oh my gosh, I forgot how to say your last name. It's Helenka Zamonic. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> I spent so much time thinking of my intro <laughs> that I wiped all the other information in my brain. And it's very <laughs> nice to see you. Uh, we're very excited to have you here. Um, Helenka's going to tell us all about her travels and things she does in Ottawa. But first, we have uh, our beer segment. Rob, what is going on today? Yeah, our beer this week is from the Whipper Snapper Brewing Company uh, out of Ottawa, and it is called. The Root of Evil Pre-Prohibition Lager. So this, is, uh, this, this actually has a story along with it, so I'm just going to read the story. It's Please. not very long. Back in the early 1900s, people believed alcohol to be the root of evil, evil and introduced prohibition. Before prohibition, there were craft breweries in every town in North America. Following prohibition, a few big breweries squeezed out all the little guys to the point where craft breweries were all but gone. And so this beer harkens back to those days... Uh, they call it a crisp and clean pre-prohibition lager, reflecting the way beer was made 100 years ago. So, uh, and they also call it a man's lager. I don't know what that means, mm. but what do you think? Amon's going to try it. Well, Kiki looks disappointed. I'm trying to figure out why. Is, is it too hoppy for you? No, I just didn't like the, the story. Oh, I see. Snapper. <laughs> I don't think people thought beer was the root of all evil. Did you know? Prohibition started as a response to the First World War. That was like the first kind of movement about it. And the idea was we shouldn't be drinking and having a good time when like so many of our soldiers are dying during war. That was but, like the first. Was that one of the major reasons why it happened? That's what started temperance movements. Okay. And then um, these temperance clubs started getting together. And it was a new space for, you know, after the war, women who were, uh, they came out from the home to be working in factories because all the men were at war, but then when the men came back, uh, they were displaced by, by male workers. But they had, you know, all these ideas of, of you know, women's movements and women uh, being not in the home anymore. And so they started mm. organizations like the Temperance Movement, for example, or other things. Interesting. How do you, how do you know so much about this? I did. My, my history degree was history of alcohol and history of criminality. Oh, I keep forgetting. That. Interesting. Yeah. So, I, I also keep forgetting that. I check your facts, whippersnapper. <laughs> also, what, what's the last part you said? This is the way beer was made 100 years ago? Oh, and this is a man's lager? Is that the oh, last yeah. part? Oh, yeah. I also took umbrage with that. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I, I agree. It doesn't, it's, I mean, it's a good beer. It's like a good, did you even try it? I did. I also don't <laughs> like it. <laughs> so, across the board. <laughs> wow. Try to be very oh, sponsor friendly. <laughs> now, now, this is from your, your neck of the woods, too, eh? Bell's, yeah, Corner. Bell's Corners. Yeah. Okay. Snapper. But uh, to be fair, I don't like most beer. And uh, I, just don't, I don't like hops. I can't, can't really do it. Yep. I, do it. I do enjoy a lot of Whippersnapper beer. I, I tried a bunch of them at. Uh, uh, I feel like this one was called Brewfest, but the one that happened at Lansdowne, not just recently, but this past summer. Okay. Uh, and uh, and it's it's absolutely worth a, a try. Mm-hmm. They, they have a lot of uh, what I'll categorize as different type of flavors. It's yeah. uh, a lot of fruity or, or a lot of, uh, yeah, just neat, neat flavors that they bring to the table, which is neat. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? I do enjoy this beer. I, I don't know if I would think of this as a classic 
beer, but then again, I, I don't know what to compare it to, like Sleeman because of the commercials. Like, right. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> just kind of light, but yeah, yeah. that's it. Probably but I enjoy it. I think, yeah, like it does have kind of a strong flavor that reminds me of, like it, it doesn't taste refined. It doesn't taste like a clean beer like you'd get in a factory. It tastes like it was made by hand by some guys like stirring mm. a pot. Made in a boot. It, it's not that it tastes bad. Like it tastes <laughs> like it's not, like it's not sanitary. It just tastes like they left a lot of the flavor in where right. if you're in a factory, you might get lost. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I like it. And Helenka, you're not really into beer. What, no. What do you find yourself indulging in then, would you say? Um, What's your guilty pleasure? <laughs> yeah. Chocolate. Yeah. Chocolate. Okay. That's a really good one. Like certain yeah. types of chocolate? Um, do you need the truffles? Specifically Belgian. Belgian. Mm. Okay. Is my favorite. Although I was in Costa Rica recently and we went to on a chocolate tour. Ooh. Oh, wow. And it was so amazing. <laughs> like, I was so happy afterwards we got to taste the chocolate they just made or I don't know if they beforehand and then served it to us but it didn't yeah, matter yeah, yeah. it was delicious yeah. and i had fresh like chocolate. six cups of fresh chocolate oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah one after the other they're like do you want more yes do you want more yes <laughs> right, so that's chocolate. don't ask i will ask for i will get more you think you drank yeah chocolate? it was like melted chocolate mm, wow that yeah. sounds delicious <laughs> i think i remember reading that that's what chocolate was yeah it was yeah beverage that Definitely. the Aztecs would drink, I think. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. They and explained it, it to us. Oh, how they okay. made it and like mm-hmm. using the beans. And I got to like smash this giant cocoa oh, bean. Cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Do you remember much about the story or were you just enthralled with the chocolate? I was just mostly looking forward to the chocolate. <laughs> okay. I, Good stuff. I don't right. remember many of the It details. sounds like when you go to a vineyard or something for wine and they give you yeah. a bunch of wine, like you, you would maybe forget. But you're just, you're saying you were so distracted by the thought of chocolate. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's <laughs> the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Helenka, for our listeners, can you tell us a bit about yourself and where you're from and what your deal is yeah. and what you like to do? Sure. Um, I grew up in Canada. I was born in Ottawa. Um, grew up in Canada. And then I went on a high school year abroad for a year in France. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. And then I came back and I decided I wanted to live in Montreal for a few years to um, just try out a new city, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I went to Concordia. And I got my uh, undergrad there. And oh, while I was at Concordia, I also lived in Quebec City for a few months at a time doing co-op terms, oh, which wow. I also absolutely loved. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love living in Montreal. Um, but Quebec City was more, I think, my style of a city. Mm. A How little far bit is smaller. that? Montreal so to Quebec. Three-hour distance. Mm. Okay. Mm. And um, I had an absolute blast living in Montreal, but I wanted to come home. And sure. I always figured I would settle in Ottawa, I guess. Yeah. And so I came home and started my life here. Yeah, cool. And what do I like to do? Um, well, actually, before you get to what you like to do, yes. you specifically mentioned how much you loved Quebec City. Yes. What was it about Quebec City? Um, it was, the, I guess, the size of it and the scenery okay. and the people okay. there were mm-hmm. just awesome. All right. Hmm. And the activities. Like I joined, when I was there during the summer, I joined the outdoor club. From Laval University at Laval University, okay, and we go on hikes around the area, and like we went canoeing and out to the waterfall to watch the fireworks that they have at the Mamasi Falls, okay, stuff like that. Um, and it was the 400th anniversary of Quebec City the summer I was living there. Oh, so festivals awesome. galore! <laughs> so there's festivals. I went to see Paul McCartney on the Plains of Abraham. Ooh, um, yeah, 
was such a blast. That's fantastic. That's cool. Yeah. Cool. cool. Really uh, cool place. You're saying you lived for a year in France? I did. As a high school student? Yes. Uh, what, what was that experience like? It was being amazing. A young person? Yeah. It was after I finished at Bell, because I went mm-hmm. to Bell. Bell um, High. Yeah, with Keegan. <laughs> lots, of, lots of alum. <laughs> yes. Seriously, a lot of alum on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, I went and I. Um, I wasn't quite ready for university yet. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I hadn't really picked out what I wanted to do or where I wanted to go, and I felt like everyone else had sort of sorted that out in their minds, and I just hadn't at all. And then I got this brochure in the mail for from EF, which is they do high school year abroads as well as tours for high school students, and I'd done a tour with EF in France. Mm-hmm. And so I decided that I would do a high school year abroad. I also felt kind of because back in my day, they still had OAC. Right, yeah, um, yeah. right up until about when I graduated. Um, and so I felt a bit cheated out of my OAC year. Right. So I wanted, oh, to, <laughs> I, see, yeah. I wanted to do it. So, mm-hmm. And I was still 17 because my birthday is in December. So, okay. mm-hmm. um, so I still qualified as a high school student. And um, I went to live there for a year. And I lived in a host family in a little village. And I went to high school. And it didn't count for anything. <laughs> I didn't right. get any marks. or I mean, I did get marks, yeah, but my yeah. marks didn't count for anything. I didn't take any final big final exam or anything like Ooh, that. That seems like the perfect situation. But it was yeah. <laughs> the best learning experience of my yeah. entire life. Like I wouldn't have traded that mm-hmm. for the world. It was better than any ex- any learning experience I've had before or since yeah. because it was no pressure. Right. That's <laughs> I really could, cool. I was just auditing the classes but still having fun and enjoying actually just enjoying the learning process without all the stress. Right. Mm-hmm. And my French, I mean Going into it, I think I had a very good foundation because I'd finished the French immersion program. Yep. But um, my speaking skills weren't that strong. But just even two or three months after uh, living with my host family and going to school, I could really, uh, like, I was m- not fluent, I would say, mm-hmm. but I wasn't tripping over my words and I wasn't constantly searching for words. And all it took was two or three months. Right, yeah. That's and great. that was amazing, mm-hmm. and that was such that was really exciting for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what uh, what were some big differences maybe in in your life from going from here to to France? Um, it's a different culture. Yeah. I mean, it's still a Western culture, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of similarities. But um, even though it's not just a different language, like it's different mindset and yeah. different way of seeing the world, and so. That was kind of cool to be immersed in that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was recently, re- I, I read Aziz Ansari's book on like modern romance and relationships. Mm-hmm. And What's that like, called? It's called Modern Romance. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he has a, a whole chapter about, because uh, the whole book's about dating nowadays. And he has a whole chapter about, it's not just the time that we live in, that dating is different, but culturally dating's very, very different now mm-hmm. in different places. And France is one chapter of the book that he talks about okay it's very neat yeah what's the difference in france uh he was saying like ideas about monogamy or they're not as as strict about monogamy in france and you know, some people have mistresses or there's more open relationships and it seems to work i don't know if that was you you were young when you were there. um I yeah i <laughs> i noticed it on some level oh, okay. yeah but it's not something i really right ask too much about yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, i guess yeah, yeah. But i definitely mm-hmm. yeah i noticed huh. yeah it's, <laughs> it, he's saying it's a bit more accepted you know it's 
Yeah. And and here, I I feel, not I feel, he says, in North America, we're very, very much like hard-lined about you're in a monogamous monogamous relationship or you're a cheater. Yeah, yeah. That's just neat. Cool. Is that Keegan? Yeah. No <laughs> Enrich everyone's Teaching lives. us yeah, that's awesome. so much today. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, but you spoke about uh, no, a lot that you learned. Uh, yeah. So obviously you learned a lot yeah. through the courses that you're, you're auditing because there's yeah. less pressure. Yeah. But what about some of the things that you might have learned just by living there? Um, I guess... Wow, that's an interesting question. If at all. I mean, it's hard, yeah. to, it's hard to describe sometimes. Yeah, because right? it, it was also like 11 years ago now. So yeah. of course. Of it's course, hard for yeah. me to remember everything. Yeah. Um, I think I learned how to adapt. Right, yeah. Which was huge. Mm-hmm. And how I, I discovered things about myself that I was perfectly happy living in a village. Okay. You know? yeah. And I've always thought I was a city girl, but actually, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed living in the village. Yeah. Um, and being surrounded by nature was amazing. And mm-hmm. but the thing about living in a village in a rural Europe is there's really no such thing. Because <laughs> even like little villages or little towns are still really close to big cities. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you don't so feel as, you don't feel isolated yeah. or anything sure. like that. Um, I learned how much I love hiking. That was mm. huge because there's all these hiking trails around where I lived in the village. Um, I love food. Yeah. <laughs> that's where I lived in a restaurant, actually. My host parents were in a restaurant. Yes. It was amazing. Yeah. What kind of restaurant was it? Um, it was a local restaurant. Okay. They, they would do a really good meal on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the rest of the week, it was basically, they had a hotel on top of the restaurant where um, boarders would stay. People who came to work in the village just for the week would stay in the hotel. And then pilgrims doing going to Spain from Switzerland on the now I don't remember the name in English, but it's Saint Jacques de Compostelle. Okay, yeah, that's it, that seems like it doesn't need an English version. <laughs> Is that a Northern thing? People who do pilgrimages. To yeah, Spain? from they start in Switzerland, although they don't have to start in Switzerland. Yes. Um, you can start at any point along the trail, but yeah. I think the people who are coming through our village stopped and started oh, in Switzerland. Neat. And so they would stay. Um, it was reasonably mm. inexpensive. Yeah, is that and a, so a they would. Thing? It is, but I don't think you have to be religious, mm. or I don't know that everyone who did it was. Oh, neat. Um, I think a lot of people are just doing it for the hike. Oh, I see. Yeah, huh. I never really thought about that. I always thought pilgrimages were done by like really. Yeah. hardcore religious people but i guess they are you could also just like yeah, in, in general maybe walking. that that's it but absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah it sounds like a great tourist, idea to be like doing something as a tourist, <laughs> i would love yeah. to do it there you go i yeah. would one day yeah but yeah so they come through and they would stay in this hotel and the meals were pretty simple and it was a set meal every day so okay. it wasn't like they were ordering from a menu mm-hmm. and so it was a constant stream of people coming through which is really cool especially in the fall and the spring not so much in the winter mm-hmm. right so that was really cool. <laughs> I, I really like the idea of set meals where a restaurant, like yeah. they'll make you food and you eat it. It's so easy. Yeah. It's so much better than having to choose a bunch of options. Like obviously there's some merit to having a restaurant where you have a menu and you can pick what you want yeah. to eat, but mm-hmm. it's also really cool to just go and you eat yeah. food. Yeah. Especially because of what they make, they make right in theory. Yeah. 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 That's, exactly. I, I just had an argument with someone yesterday about that, them saying they like selection and options. And I've been to a few restaurants recently that have, they do like three or four things on the menu. That's all they do. Right. And my experience has been, it's so much better because they're, they know what they are making. It's very good. And all their ingredients are 
fresher because that's all they have to get. They don't have to mm-hmm. keep a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff on hand in case anyone wants anchovies. <laughs> this is <laughs> like hopefully a pizza. A pizza yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Helenka, you mm-hmm. enjoy food. Is there anywhere you like to go in Ottawa yes. for food? Um, yeah, my favorite restaurants are definitely the Works. Always, mm-hmm. yeah. always up for the Works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, and Ethiopian. Ethiopian. I am t- yes. Anytime anyone wants to go to Ethiopian, I'm totally up for it. Where yeah. are they? I always try to convince people. Um, there's the Horn of Africa, which is on Rideau Street, which is okay. really good. And there's one I think it's on Gladstone, and I don't remember what it's called. Okay, which is terrible, but it's delicious. Yeah. There's, so, one, there's one on Rideau called Hab- Habisha or something. That I, that's mm-hmm. the one I went to recently. Ah, uh, on Rideau and like near Shawarma Palace. That's my uh-huh. frame of reference. Okay. I'm always up for trying a new one. <laughs> well, and so what do they serve that you find so interesting or like good? Yeah. Can you talk about the yes, format of definitely. I know it's very specific? Yes. So they serve it on these big trays and they have this bread called injera and they put all the stuff on the injera, all the meats and the vegetables and it's very vegetarian friendly. So mm-hmm. you can eat, you can be a vegetarian and have an excellent full meal there. Right. Yeah. And they put it there, and then so you s- use the bread to scoop it. Oh, okay. The, uh, the vegetables and the meat. Right. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Really, really good. And it's a very saucy cuisine, would you say? Yeah. Like it's, oh, yeah. Like they're just, so on this big plate of bread, you have different like piles of different things that you've ordered. Like I had right. like a lamb curry, and there was a chickpea something. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's, uh, it's a very, very different uh, palate from anything it I've is. ever had. It is. And it's mm-hmm. filling too, yeah. which I really appreciate. Yeah, sure. Um, and it's it's it can be a bit spicy, which right. I'm not really a fan of spicy. But you can ask, you can yeah. always ask. They'll okay, tell you what's spicy, what's not, and then right. order something that's a little bit milder. Mm-hmm. But it's also not for everyone. I, I for example, <laughs> can't stand having stuff on my hands. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of nightmare for me. Yeah, my parents always use knife yeah. and fork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, other and they're perfectly it. willing to give it. I, I like, mm-hmm. I like right, using yeah. my hands, but it's it's totally fine mm-hmm. to use a knife and fork. So if you had to suggest if someone's going their first time to an Ethiopian place, what what are a few dishes they should look for or order for um, standards? I just usually order the platter. Okay. So the general platter, so that way you have a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's called Alicia Watt or something. That's my favorite. Okay. Or Alicia, Alicia Fit Fit or something. I don't know. Okay. But <laughs> it's really sweet. Okay. And I'm probably saying it horribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but it's absolutely delicious. And... It's um. It's I think another thing is it's always good to go with a group though. Okay. Um, right. It's one of those places where you know, maybe three or four people mm. minimum, so that you can order something big and then you're able to try everything. Yeah, it's kind right. of made to share. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, awesome. speaking of sharing, <laughs> let's uh, have Amon share some information with us about the news in Ottawa. You're talking about classic Ottawa. <laughs> Yeah, I am. Right, you being sultry with me? What yeah. was that? Oh, I don't know. That was <laughs> very sultry. Kind of weird how you... 
how you're dancing around it. Uh, yeah, Classic Ottawa, our local news stories, I guess, uh, or our take on it. Uh, the Rideau Canal will be closed all week due to poor conditions. In response to this situation, the government is proposing a $2.2 billion bailout to the Beaver's Tail, Beaver Tails franchise. Ah, I messed up. <laughs> Several shots were fired into a Greco studio on Preston yesterday morning, proving once again that people really, really hate exercising. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, uh, Ottawa Blues Fest recently announced that this year's lineup will include the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Billy Idol, and Nelly. What happened? Was Chumbawamba Chumbawamba? I am checking. You're so healthy. I like it. What was your favorite 90s band that you wish played Blues Fest? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> what a weird <laughs> question. Well, those are all 90s. Except for Billy Idol, I don't think it's 90s. I can't keep track of when Whoever Billy wrote that Idol joke was, was sloppy. I Finger 11. No you idea. wrote that joke. <laughs> oh. Robbie of a 90s band, you wish. Your dream 90s Blues Fest band. Anything on the Dance Mix 95 track. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Men at Work? I, was that a thing in the 90s? I have absolutely no Men idea what any of the bands are called, but it's an awesome CD. Yeah. <laughs> I like Snow. Or Remember tape. Snow? The Canadian rapper? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. How about Prozac? Prozac! Yeah. <laughs> All right. Look, that's, that'll be our final. All right. Fantastic. Let's lobby Blues Fest to get Prozac. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Just, all you need is a screen, right? Yeah. Ah, yes, yeah. <laughs> and finally, city officials warned people to avoid going out unless they absolutely had to during yesterday's storm. Not surprisingly, El, the lineup at El Camino was unaffected. <laughs> and that's right. the news. I'm really interested to see how the storm turns out because it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, we're, but that joke relies on it having been bad this could yeah. either be a really good joke or a really bad joke and you know what i'm indifferent yeah that's why we're climbing the the, the iTunes charts char- i almost said auto what charts <laughs> the itunes charts because that's next level thinking we yeah preemptively wrote a joke yeah and uh yeah win or lose and either either reverse john oliver will do next week tonight. oh i like that right remember i suggested a segment a long time ago where i would predict the weather for the yeah. Following week. We turned that down for good reason. Yeah, but here it's oh, back. Fun. Here we are. Yeah. All right. <laughs> you ever consume media, Helenka? <laughs> <laughs> People say that. Does, does that mean you like watch TV or film or waste YouTube? inordinate amounts of time on YouTube? Yeah. yeah. Twitter. Yeah. What, are, yes. what are you watching now? On anything. On anything? What you, yeah. What do you spend your time online doing? Uh, screens I, yeah i love you do you have youtube channels that you would like watching because i love youtube i watch like 100 youtube channels yes community channel <laughs> community channel i've never heard of I it i absolutely love mm-hmm. that one um it's what? a girl in australia okay I think she's about my age and she's been doing them for a couple of years and she plays herself in different um social situations mm. like she'll and but she'll use she'll use herself like as all the characters Right. Oh, okay. So she does some like camera tricks, I guess, to get. Yeah. And she, <laughs> she always seems to be talking about something that I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, like on New Year's Eve, um, like what, how she's always <laughs> horrible job <laughs> explaining this <laughs> stuff, like um, not going out on New Year's Eve, which I I never go out. On okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Um, how long you're supposed to wait? If you're holding the door for someone, oh yeah, like oh, neat. how What's far they're supposed to be before you. <laughs> What's a verdict in that one? 
Sorry? Do you remember offhand? What 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 was the decision? How long how long do you need to wait? Or what's uh, your personal belief? Oh yeah. My personal still. belief. I don't know. It keeps I keep changing the bar. Oh, <laughs> Interesting. Wow. Like, you know what? I don't do it now. I don't do it either. Unless they're right there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like if I'm going into my gym and I see someone coming with a stroller and like a kid on both that, arms. That's totally so, different. Yeah. Even if yeah. they're like way far away, I'm like, okay. <laughs> but we're talking about if Keegan on was Feet or strutting or meatless yes. like slumping to the gym. Only if you're strutting. Yeah. So my personal rule about this is actually pretty well defined. Like I'll do a one glance over my shoulder, see if there's anyone behind me, and if I calculate in that split second that the door will close if I just continue walking, then I don't hold it. But if I think that they'll get to the door before it closes, then I'll usually just like kind of push it behind me. Yeah. yeah. It's that push yeah. as opposed to the, the hold and yeah. all oh, yeah. sorts of right. different. So I've stopped holding. I would, I would open the door and if somebody can reach the door by the time I am, have walked through, mm-hmm. then I'll just like hold on for the extra second. Yeah. If I see anybody else or maybe even if there's nobody, I'll just give it that extra push and just keep on walking. That way, that's my effort. Yeah. That's how you do it. That's a solid effort. Yeah, that's it. That's how you do it. Are you not concerned you might hit someone with yeah, the door that's if you what I'm thinking. The one time you misjudge it, you smack a lady in the nose with it. I can't you know I mean? think. No, because the door is open enough as it is. I, no, but I, if they're I on the outside. The huh, well, if they're I mean, on the far side, no, you like swing it open oh, and you know whack what, I'm, I'm talking about entering. So oh, pulling. I see. I'm talking about pushing. Mm. Sorry, well, ill-defined then, parameters. Well, yeah. then you're always wa- looking ahead. You'll still see. I won't smash a person mm. in the face if they're in front of me. I guess. I'm going to I'm gonna follow you around because now we work together. Yeah. Now we work in the same building again. That's true. I'm going to follow you around, <laughs> but just out of sight and out of your peripheral behind you, and I'm going to get hit by a door that you're pulling. If open. it's you, I will pull it shut. Oh, yeah. no, but I'm going to try to get hit by it. Uh, <laughs> Good oh, luck. No. Keep okay. your eye open. We'll see. <laughs> Stay tuned uh, in future Ottawa episodes to see how... That how my things. nose holds up. Yeah, there you go. Speaking of doors being pulled shut, okay. I, in high school, there was <laughs> Should a, be a segue. These two guys were, I guess one guy was trying to keep the door door to the classroom closed, and the other guy was trying to open the door. And then uh, the guy who was trying to open it, he got it open a little bit, and he thought it would be a good idea to oh, like no. wedge his hand in oh, there no. for leverage. <laughs> and of course, he like slammed shut oh. his finger. Oh. And, uh, and then he had, and it was like blood everywhere. Mm-hmm. He had to go mm-hmm. to the office and then home, I guess. The and hospital. Then, and then I saw him a few days later and his fingernail was black. Mm-hmm. like completely black. And then a few days later, his fingernail fell off. It's oh, a good cool. story, Kiki. Thanks for sharing that. <laughs> so horrible. Oh my God, what's the worst hand injury you ever had? Ooh. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a good question. Actually, mm-hmm. what? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> When I grew, when I was growing up, I did rhythmic gymnastics mm-hmm. for about um, from the time I was about four to the time I was about sixteen, I think. Wow! Oh, so like yeah, seriously. And you have to put on body suits, right? Rhythmic, with rhythmic gymnastics, and I guess I the problem was I kept growing, so I kept growing <laughs> out of my body suits. And then one day I was really, really, really struggling with one of my body suits, and I think I sprained my finger. And I think at the time, my whole body was growing. So my finger was still growing. And now I have a permanently crooked finger. Whoa. Oh, wow. Yeah. Extremely crooked. See, for the viewers, your <laughs> finger is a little bit crooked. That is a bodysuit-related <laughs> yeah. injury. Wow. Thank you, spandex. <laughs> spandex. So I did not realize those were so dangerous. I didn't either. Yeah. Disclaimer, <laughs> maybe. Uh, so, Helenka, you, you did that. Yeah. Which you would say is an artistic endeavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dance? Yeah. 
uh, and I, or maybe a dance would be a better way to putting. Yeah, that. and really, gymnastics yeah. is is, is dancing, and yeah. I know you do dancing. I do. Now. Yeah, can yes. you talk about that a bit? Absolutely. Um, that's one of my favorite talks. Yeah, <laughs> I do Ukrainian dancing, which is really funny because I'm not even remotely Ukrainian. <laughs> right. Um, I'm half Czech, and mm-hmm. no, I don't speak it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> kind of close. <laughs> Yeah, kind of. it's kind of, but it really has nothing to do with no, why I got no. into it, which mm. is kind of funny. Um, <laughs> when I was five years old, our family friends were dancing, and so my parents signed me up. And to them, it was totally natural to do something folk dancey type okay. thing because they were also folk dancers and still are actually. They're part mm. of the folk dance club in Ottawa, which is separate from the Ukrainian club. Mm. But, okay, um, and so. They they put me in and I absolutely loved it, and from day one, like, I've never stopped really. Except obviously when I lived in France. Yeah, Although right. I did take a ballet class when I lived in France and a jazz class, oh, wow. just to keep up the dancing. And then when I lived in Montreal, I was part of a group there as well. Mm-hmm. And, and what yeah. does Ukrainian dance look like compared to other dances? Um, it's 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 folk dancing, but mm-hmm. it's designed. The way it's evolved over the years is it's designed for the stage. Okay. So when you go to see a Ukrainian dance show, you're seeing choreography as right. opposed to just a straight up folk dance. Right. Um, Instead of like recreational. Yeah. Dance. Like folk dancing, the recreational stuff is a lot of fun to do, mm-hmm. I think. And it is fun to watch, but it sometimes it can get, um, it's more fun to watch choreography, I think. Yeah, right. For, for an audience, as okay. opposed to just a because it's made dance. specifically for an yeah, because it's yeah, tailored for that, and that's how it evolved. I, it's, it first evolved that way in Ukraine, and that's how it evolved in Canada mm. as well. And it's huge in Canada. I yeah. mean, there's um, probably over a million Ukrainian Canadians, mm. wow. mostly wow. concentrated out west. <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, and a lot of them grew up. A lot of us, um, not me, obviously. Not Ukrainian, <laughs> but <laughs> the Ukrainian Canadian community. A lot of people grew up dancing. It's a huge mm. part of their cult of the culture. Okay. Mm-hmm. And with these kind of um, folk dancing, I imagine there's a that, that uh, attire is important. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. So we have costumes, um, and so the costumes uh, vary based on the regions. So um, for our hopak dance, which is every group has a hopak dance, which is their final number where you show off all your solos and your best moves. Mm-hmm. Um, those costumes are Poltava costumes. So they're like the headpiece and a certain type of, um, don't want to use the Ukrainian <laughs> word because that wouldn't make any sense, but a certain type of skirt and vest and slip and red boots, always red boots. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, and then there's different regions of Ukraine um, that have different costumes specific to those oh, regions. Neat. And then we also do character dances, which not, are not really from any specific regions. They're more acting based. And so then we have sort of a folklore type costume for those, but they're not specific to any one, one place in Ukraine. Right. Yeah. Cool. And, and so what is the, the, um, the goal with, with this dancing? Is it, uh, competitive or there are shows um it's it's shows there yeah. is there right. are ukrainian dance competitions which mm-hmm. i didn't realize but they have them out west okay and actually i would really love to go see one just mm-hmm. to yeah. see the shows yeah. 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 <laughs> um but no it's it's not at its core it's not right. competitive so it's no per- it's like performance performance yeah yeah, yeah. 
Neat. And you get to travel with your troop? Um, yeah, well, <laughs> we traveled to Montreal oh, yeah. <laughs> recently. We were at the Montreal Ukrainian Festival. That was really fun back in September. Mm-hmm. Um, my group has been around since, I think, 1991 or 1992. I don't remember. Um, and they have gone to Ukraine. They've been to Puerto Rico. Um, they've been to places in Canada. Um, in recent years, we haven't traveled as much. It's really hard. Yeah, <laughs> To um, organize everyone's schedule to yeah, organize sure. a trip, yeah. I think it's probably a challenge for all groups. But yeah, it's always fun. Um, I'd love to. But yeah. and but independently, I I I understand that you travel. Yes. quite a bit. Independent of dancing, yeah. I definitely travel quite a mm-hmm. bit. I'm a huge huge traveler. I think my whole life I've traveled just because we always had to go to Europe to go see the family mm-hmm. um, on my dad's side, my, the Czech family. Okay. So. Yeah. Um, so when we go to Europe, we would often go to other places around Czech Republic. Okay. And so that sparked my interest from a very young age. The, and the, then, the same other places, or did you typically um, mix them up? Mostly the same. Oh, that's Although okay. we did mix them up a little bit. Sure. Um, like, we go to places in Slovakia, in Austria. We went to Hungary when I was really little. And just based on those trips alone, even though most of the trip was focused on visiting family, mm-hmm. like, my eye was open to travel. Mm-hmm. And I also blame my dad's subscription to National Geographic. <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> Had those things lying around the house. I mean, <laughs> um, and so, and then when when I was in high school, I did a, that one week tour of France, which was a dream come true. Mm-hmm. And then I lived in France. Oh, I see. And then afterwards, I I just throughout university, I traveled. I went to Australia. Um, I went to back to Europe, but this time to different places, like mm-hmm. different spots than where, where I'd usually gone. And, and then I've been to Montenegro. I was, before I started full-time work, I went to Montenegro. I went to Italy. And then I took a year's leave without pay from my job. And I, this was in 2012, 2013. And I did mm-hmm. a, a 10 and a half months of backpacking around the world. Wow. Oh, wow. So yeah. Around the world. Is that yeah. like you went one direction and came back yeah. the other way? That's yeah. Awesome. <laughs> could you walk us through your path? Sorry? Like, could you brief, briefly walk us through your path? Sure. Yeah, I, I I'm fascinated by that. I think I have it memorized. Oh, great. <laughs> um, I started out in Fiji. I was okay. there for a week, oh, and sick. it was actually my favorite place. Nice. <laughs> which is funny, because <laughs> it's the first place I visited. It was totally awesome. And then from there, I took a cruise ship to New Zealand, and... Um, which was really cool because the cruise stopped at the point of a full solar eclipse. Oh, wow. So that was really, really awesome. Yeah. Um, I was with my dad and my uncle at that point because they were cruising from Hawaii to Australia. But I got off in New Zealand, and then I spent about two and a half months in New Zealand um, traveling around uh, pretty much the entire country um, and doing all sorts of adventure activities there. New Zealand mm-hmm. is totally awesome. I really really recommend it yeah and then from new zealand i flew to singapore and i was there for about a weekend and then over to thailand and i went up north and then down through all the way through laos and then to cambodia i just did siem reap and Phnom Penh, and i still don't know how to say it <laughs> and so i did angkor wat and all of that but i would love to do more of cambodia there's plenty more to see sure. and then back to thailand and then back down to the islands so like um i just did Copanyan, Kotao, Kosemui, those three. I didn't go to the food or anything like that, okay. but I decided to focus on those islands. So I went to the full moon party, which was 
crazy. <laughs> I learned how to scuba dive in Kotal, which is really cool. Okay. Oh, cool. And then I went up. So from there, I went back to Bangkok and then I flew to Hong Kong, mm-hmm. which was amazing. Yeah. Um, I went to Macau. I did the Macau Tower bungee. Oh, wow. Really That's cool. cool. Yeah. That's like in an urban. 234 meters. It's the highest commercial bungee in the world that's continually Whoa. running. I think there's higher oh, wow. ones, but they're not always running. But this one, anyone can do anytime. Wow. Highly, highly recommend it. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Cool. And then from <laughs> Hong Kong, I went to Japan okay. for two weeks. And there I met my dad, who actually speaks Japanese as well as hmm. wow, Czech. Wow. Cool. And so we... We spent two weeks going all around Japan and doing some hikes because we both really into that and um, uh, enjoying the food. Amazing food. Oh, yeah. We were there for the Cherry Blossom Festival. Oh, cool. So we were in Kyoto for the Cherry Blossoms. That was amazing. That was so beautiful. Um, And then from Japan, I went to um, Ukraine. I skipped over. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Russia, <laughs> Anyways, who cares? <laughs> but Ukraine was my focus, obviously, because yeah, I have this dance yeah. background. And I spent two weeks in Ukraine with my dad. My dad actually speaks Russian, so mm-hmm. he can make himself understood. And Slovak, so he can make himself understood right. pretty well in Ukraine. So we were able to go off outside the major cities and go into the countryside. And and that was really, really awesome. Um, and then from there, I went to Hungary. And back, I'd been to Hungary before, but Budapest is so awesome. I would... I'd go back again and again, did the baths and stuff. And, sure. <laughs> and then from there, I went to Serbia. And that at that point, my mother joined us. Okay. And then from Serbia, we went to Montenegro, where I'd been before. and But this time, I went where he's before, I went in February. This time, I was there in May, and the weather was beautiful. Oh, right, yeah. And then, so Montenegro, and then um, Croatia, Dubrovnik, and then Split, and then... Another part of Croatia called, uh, I don't remember. But anyways, <laughs> it was beautiful because <laughs> it was Croatia. And then back to Austria. And then from there, the rest of my family joined us. Um, we were a huge group. And then we went to um, Czech Republic to see the family. And there was also a big festival going on mm-hmm. in May. And then to Prague and then to, yes, Munich. Which oh, was, right. which I would have loved. And it's a beautiful city, but, uh, we completely washed out. Like we had three days of insane rain. Oh, no. <laughs> like, ah. like flooding level rain. Like when we were, wow. we, we took the train to Salzburg next sure. and we could see like cars almost going under the water. Oh, like, wow. like a car on a road getting chased by the flood. Yeah. Jeez. I'm like, <laughs> this is not good. So I'm going to go back to Munich in proper weather because <laughs> uh, it looks like it would have been an amazing place. Sure. And then I was in Salzburg for a bit. And Salzburg's really fun. It's beautiful. That's in Germany? Um, Salzburg is Austria? actually it's in Austria, oh. but it's right on the border. Yeah. Okay. So like um, you can go to the salt mines, which are actually in Germany. Oh, cool. And that's really fun. Yeah. And then from there to back to Vienna. And then from there I flew to Israel. Oh wow! Oh. I spent two weeks in Israel. This I'm, I'm on my own again at this point. Okay, okay. Just, yep. Um, and so that was amazing. Um, mm-hmm. Very interesting. Salt ticked a lot of boxes off, like floating the Dead Sea and yeah, things right. like that. And then so Israel, and I flew back to Austria, and then I took the train up to Berlin, spent a couple of days there, and then over to northern Germany, where I met my friend who had a van. And we traveled in his van all the way up through Denmark um, to 
over to Sweden, over this giant bridge, and then over to Norway, and then all the way up to the very, very, very top of Norway, where you could, they had the midnight sun. Oh, oh awesome. And I you can see. Huh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Right? It's, oh, it's amazing. And then from there, we went down through Finland. Well, and then over to, and then I took the ferry over to Estonia. There for a couple of days in Tallinn, Estonia, mm-hmm. which is a really, really nice city. Um, I really loved everywhere yeah. I visited. <laughs> I was trying to come up with more synonyms for awesome. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, and then from Estonia, I flew to Paris, which obviously I'd been to right. a couple of times, right. but I needed to work out some visa for some of the future travels. So I was there for two weeks and I stayed um, with my friend who arranged an apartment for me and and uh, I did all the stuff in Paris that I always wanted to do, but never had the time for it. Because all of my other trips through Paris had been a little bit quick, sure. yeah. I okay. guess, you know, more like transit. And this time I just ticked off all my boxes. You know, I went to Euro Disney. <laughs> like, oh, neat. <laughs> I went to the to the cemetery where they, they have um, Edith Piaf is buried. Uh, okay. I went to um, Musée d'Orsay, which I'd never had a chance to go to before. Okay. And that was really cool. And I had a, I loved it there. And then from there, I went to Belgium so that I could eat chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to Brussels. And then over from Brussels, I went to Amsterdam, mm-hmm. um, mostly just to see Anne Frank's house. Okay. Mm. Yeah. It was cool. Oh. But I stayed in a cool hostel just outside Amsterdam that had, like, um, trailer cabins. Oh. So it wasn't exactly in the city center, but it was, it was outside, and it was so beautiful. Like... Mm. Oh, it was nice. It's a good place. There's because when you're in Europe, you don't always have to be in city centers. I'm learning that. Yeah, right. Alternatives. And then from there, I went to Bruges, where I took the tour. Um, they had a battlefields tour, a World War One's battlefields tour. And that was wow. really, really, really interesting. I went to Flanders Fields. Whoa. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. And I learned a lot about the history and how it's they're still digging up ammunition in Belgium. Oh wow. World War One. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's crazy. It yeah. is crazy. Yeah, yeah. They have like a system where they would dig it up and then leave it for municipal people to pick it up. Like, there's oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and they archive that, I guess. Yeah, well, they, if they find something important, obviously yeah. they'll archive it. Um, but wow, there's so much of it. Right. Yeah. Of course. I guess horrible. Yeah. And then, but it's uh, it's an absolutely beautiful area mm-hmm. too. Um, so from there, from Bruges. Which is a really cool city too. Okay. <laughs> I went to I went to Czech Republic again because um, I was going to a family event, mm-hmm. and I so I spent two weeks with my grandmother and my aunt and my cousins and just basically relaxing because the next then it got crazy. I went to London from there and I spent a couple of days getting my gear together and then I flew to Africa, so wow. um, Nairobi. Okay, um, and I did a safari tour. Uh, so I went through Af- through Kenya and then over to Tanzania where I did a, the Serengeti, mm-hmm. which was really, 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 really awesome. Um, <laughs> safari, I think, is it's the most one of the most incredible things you'll ever do. Um, we stayed in a bush camp, which oh, wow. That's at intense. night, yeah, the middle of the night, we were completely surrounded by lions. <laughs> to the point where I couldn't get out of my tent to go to the bathroom because there was a lion there. Wow. <laughs> <Like, laughs> 
<laughs> which was really, really scary. Yep. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend that was exciting. Nope, that was just right. scary. Okay. <laughs> and what keeps the lions out? Did they just know not to? No, nothing. Oh. You just can't leave your tent. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, or else... Yeah. <laughs> um, huh. Apparently no Serengeti lion has ever attacked a human, but I didn't want to be the first. No, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but it was an experience. <laughs> and then, but the coolest thing I saw on safari was a cheetah chase and kill a gazelle. Okay. Which is number one in the mind-blowing things I've seen in my mm. lifetime. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or at least in the top five. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. And Super then, fast. Oh, it was incredible. Like the way it just sped up and then the gazelle zigzagged and it was, oh, it was like watching the Discovery Channel live. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I couldn't have asked for a better safari experience really. And then from there I went to Kilimanjaro and then I hiked up Mount Kilimanjaro, which was it's a good and awful experience at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) How how high is it? It is 5,895 meters and... Okay, technically you're supposed to only move up, I think, about 600 meters a day. That's the acclimatization guidelines. Okay. And we way, 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 like, like we didn't pay attention to that at all because the tour I was on, that's, it's, so it's a five-day hike. So three and a half days up and two days down. Wow. Oh. That is not <laughs> no. enough time to acclimatize in any way. <laughs> did you use a helicopter? How did you get up so fast? Um, it, no, down. it's... It's not that it's a difficult hike. It's not okay. challenging. It's just that you should, to get used to the altitude, you really need to stop right. and wait it out or, you know, climb high, sleep low. But that's the minimum number of days you're even allowed to be on the mountain. Oh, right. Okay. But it was, I don't recommend that at all. If huh. you're going to climb Mount Kilimanjaro, give yourself minimum six days, preferably seven or eight, pay the extra money. Because yeah. I was so sick. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, uh, sick how? Like, what, what does it do to you? Oh, it just wreaks havoc. I mean, it doesn't wreak havoc with everyone. That's the unfair right. part. Altitude sickness is very de- depends completely on the individual. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just, your insides, <laughs> to oh, put yeah. it delicately, it yeah. messes around with your insides, gives you a headache. Mm-hmm. It's like the worst hangover ever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. That's the way I felt. Yeah. So I basically crawled to the top yeah. of Kilimanjaro, <laughs> but I was really like, I needed to do it. Like, yeah, for sure. I was very stubborn about it. Yeah. And then, so after that, I went back to Nairobi and then flew to London for a few days um, to recover <laughs> and also to see London because London's really awesome. And then mm-hmm. I flew home. Oh, well, yeah. Literal <laughs> yeah. world travel. Yeah. But yeah. then, Amazing. since then, I've also been to Nepal where I went to Everest Base Camp. Mm hmm. And then um, most recently, and Dubai, that was pretty cool. cool. Then most recently, I had done the Inca Trail in Peru. Okay. And uh, Costa Rica, which right. is exactly. which is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so after all that, I know it's hard to name a favorite, but is does yeah. Fiji still hold at least a top tier? Fiji is way up there. Wow. wow. Is I think it's the top. Yeah. Interesting. Just the whole the whole week there was just magical for, yeah. for lack of a better word maybe it was just the experience i had sometimes if you have a really good experience somewhere it's sort of yep it changes yeah. how you it affects it's stand, the place is standing in your mind right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is there something you did there that you really enjoyed um i was just so happy yeah. like i was ecstatic i was starting my world tour <laughs> and i had what I knew I'd had at least a year, like 10 months ahead of me of mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. 
So I guess my mindset was like super happy. Mm. <laughs> um, and then, I don't know, we went bamboo rafting. We went um, sliding on the sand dunes. We went jumping into waterfalls. I had a oh, really wow. good group. I was on sort of a semi-structured tour. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, hop on, hop off bus, which is a really great way to, I think, mm. to to see a place. Um, if you don't want the full tour, but if you want a little bit of structure. Some guidance, And yeah. so, yeah. And so, and we had such a good group, you yeah. know. Um, the resorts were pretty much empty just because it wasn't high season. So it was really peaceful. Like I prefer that. Mm. I prefer, you know, some people, but not crazy, (laughs) not super busy. When Um, was that? What time of year was it? November. Mm. So it's kind of rainy season a little bit, but it's usually just rains for like an hour or two during the day. And then the rest of the day, you're totally fine. And um, the singing, the local, the Fijians would sing. Mm -hmm. Us every night, I guess. Uh, we'd gather on these blue mats and they'd sing, and we'd drink this drink called kava, which is actually really gross, but <laughs> it makes you mellow. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, and and then uh, I met Rose mm-hmm. in uh, Suva, someone I knew from Bell. Bell High School. Yeah, and <laughs> she was doing a a university year abroad in Suva and Fiji. And so I met her. So that was totally awesome. Yeah. And so I was, not only did I meet new friends, I saw old friends Mm -hmm. and, um, the, the price was really good. Fiji. eh? Yeah. Like getting there is from here is kind of expensive, but once you're there, it is not overly expensive. Mm. Um, and so you can really do, you can do it properly on a budget. Cool. That's great. Very Mm. good facilities for Mm. budget travelers. Yeah. Do you have, yeah. <laughs> do you have travel goals after all these things? Oh, you've yeah. done? Do you have a new travel goal? Maybe? Always. Yeah. What's your like, uh, latest My current one? one is South Africa. Ooh, cool. I really want to go to South Africa. South Africa. That's my. Accent. I want to do another <laughs> safari, not a bush camp this time. I'm yeah. done <laughs> over bush camps, <laughs> but I would love to see more animals. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see the Victoria Falls. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to go shark cage diving. Oh, that'd be really awesome. That sounds intense. Yeah. I think. I think South Africa would suit me really well. Cool. Yeah. Rob, do you have travel goals? Travel goals. I don't, I, I will go along with travel goals, mm-hmm. but I don't, I generally don't make them for myself. Yeah. But I think like if I, if I had a goal, I would love to go to Europe. Yep. See Italy, mm-hmm. see Greece. Um, I'd let, it'd be cool to go visit CERN, the nuclear research facility mm-hmm. in like France and Switzerland. Yeah. But that sort of, sort of central mm-hmm. Europe. I, too, thought I didn't really have travel goals, but I was thinking recently, and I think I would really enjoy seeing a volcano up close. Mm. Yes. Like, that's like active? Yeah. Or, like, you know, when you see on Discovery Channel, they're, like, peering over in a bubbling <laughs> thing. I, think I, be like in I have bananas. an idea for an on-location podcast where we throw Keegan yeah. into a volcano. <laughs> have you happens. seen a volcano yeah. in your yeah. travels? Um, not, like, lava. Right. Okay, but, or... <laughs> but yeah, definitely in New Zealand, um, cool. Costa Rica, you couldn't get up close to it though, or mm-hmm. we didn't anyway, but right. there was a, there was a nice volcano. Mm-hmm. Um, actually no, we, yeah, we went up right into a crater Whoa. or on the ridge of a crater. Right. But again, no lava or right. <laughs> anything <laughs> like that. I think you have to go to Hawaii. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe Iceland. Oh, Iceland is way up there. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Iceland's really cool. They have that, uh, the deal where you can kind of, you can go anywhere in Europe really cheap and you can stop in Iceland for up to like seven or eight days. Oh, yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Cool. 
I'm on any travel, not plans. What are they saying? Goals. Leave Canada. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I've left Canada. Did you? Same Marie, yeah. Michigan, right. North America. <laughs> um, I would like to travel Canada first, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but after that, I don't. Know, I, I mean, I, I feel like I owe it to my parents to go to Pakistan. Mm-hmm. But uh, beyond mm-hmm. that, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, nothing, nothing too crazy right now. But uh, who knows? That's great. Well, now we can look back on this podcast and see if we achieved our goal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There's a lot of cool stuff to see in Canada mm-hmm. that I haven't seen yet, and I would love to. For sure. One day. Yep. Um, speaking of nothing. Oh God! As, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, it's time for the the podcast to end. Uh, Helenka, we want to thank you for being on the show. It's been great having you and talking to you. Uh, if people want more information about you or your life, your travel life, is that yeah. what blogs are yeah. <laughs> Not like personal stuff, but you have a blog? I do. Mm-hmm. It's Helenka360, so H-E-L-E-N-K-A 360.wordpress.com. Great. And that's like a travel blog? It is. Yeah. Um, I think I've gotten better at it. Mm-hmm. At first, <laughs> I was like, my formatting is terrible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I do kind of ramble on, but it's mostly for my own benefit so that I remember mm. personally what I did. Right. But if you enjoy it, that's always good, too. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> people, people should check that out. Yeah. yeah. And maybe, uh, and sorry, what was the Ethiopian place you said people should go to? Um, I would definitely say Horn of Africa on Rideau Street. Africa. But there's also the one on Gladstone whose name I unfortunately don't remember. Google it, people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think it's Gladstone. Gladstone. I hope it's Gladstone. <laughs> And Rob, where should people go for more information about this show? They can head to ottawattpodcast.com. You can check us out on Facebook, on Twitter. We're at ottawattpodcast. We have a brand new Instagram account at uh, just ottawatt. And that I'm trying to get Keegan to go log into so he can start. Got it. At just ottawatt. I'll type it in. Ottawatt. Uh, we're on we're on iTunes. The podcast is on iTunes and uh, Stitcher Radio as well. We have our Ottawa News, which is at ottawapodcast.com slash news. Go check that out. Uh, it's not real news. Yeah, it it seems like it could be real news. Yeah, people don't like the, the gray line. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. And we have we don't have a sponsor again this week, but yes. coming up very soon, we're going to have a new sponsor. Very cool. I'm on. Anything else? I don't think donkeys get enough credit for all the work they do for the world. Oh, that's, that's nice. That's, uh-huh. that's that, really sweet. On that weird note, <laughs> uh, Alanka will have you end the podcast by saying on a what? On a what?